Pokémon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to Podcast. You're like, fuck you. Uh, okay, so hello everyone. Hello, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Anyways, How's Your Sex How's Life? How's Your Sex Life? We are your slutty hosts. I'm Chana. I'm Corey. And uh, we're just going to jump into it today. I have some motherfucking shout outs. Yeah, we have shout outs and shit. Sorry, I'm putting my cup down. Shout outs. Um, so I only have two today, y'all bitches. So the first one is, these are just their Instagram handles, obviously. Um, this one is the Flourish podcast. They commented, they're like, we love you guys. You have such great chemistry. And I'm like, yeah, it's because Corey and I make out. Because we're awesome. Because um, and then we make out secretly all the time. <laughs> someone out there is like, <gasps> what? <laughs> Gasp. Davis is going to listen to this Pikachu and be like, face. oh my God. <laughs> like Pikachu face. Yeah, Pikachu gasp. He's so cute. And then the other shout out is to the Sparkled Sky. Whoa. Um, she also loves us. So we are, just to let you guys know, about 150 followers away from 1,500 followers on Instagram. Nice. What the fuck is up? So please share our podcast with your friends, with your coworkers, people you want to have sex with, drunk girls in a bathroom, like mm-hmm. wherever you are where you feel like telling when, about our podcast. Yeah, when you're like drunk in the bathroom, you're like, do you need a tampon? Don't say that. Be like, do you need to listen to a podcast? Yes, you do need to listen exactly. to this podcast. Exactly. Like wh- who needs tampons podcast. when you have podcasts? I'll tell yeah. you, I don't. I don't need tampons. Like mm-hmm. when I'm on my period, tampons. fuck tampons. I just listen to podcasts. <laughs> I just listen to our podcast all the time and I've never had a period. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to deal with your periods, listen to this podcast. That's, you know what? You're not wrong. When I listen to our podcast, I'm not on my period. That's true. Holy shit. We just found the, the, oh, the cure to being a woman. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Whoa. <laughs> Every it woman follower and follower. It's okay, guys. I watched. Uh, it's okay. It Corey's called? gay. <laughs> I'm gay. One and then two. What did I see today? What was it called? On the basis of sex. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm good. So, <laughs> Corey's like, fuck women after, but I'm good. <laughs> um, okay, so yes, share our podcast. That would be lovely. Yes, we appreciate it. We are very excited for all our followers followers on Instagram, and Instagram is where we post the majority of our shit. I'm going to start posting more things on Facebook and Twitter soon because I guess I should be doing that. But Instagram, yes, yeah, obviously, maybe. is the cool kid's place to be. Do you want to do your faggot fact? Oh, wait. No, I have some mountains, announcements, oh, too. Announcements. Okay. So first <laughs> yes. is, so I said that I'd be, I'd be, we would be releasing the podcast on Mondays, yes. but that has been super like an arbitrary goal. Yes. So I've just been posting it anywhere from Sunday night to basically Monday night yeah, or like Monday evening. But my goal now, or just every time, I will release the podcast every Sunday night, technically Monday morning, so that when you wake up and you go to work that morning, you will be able to listen to the podcast. It'll be posted. It'll be on Spotify for sure. Yeah. Because I just, that's how I know it's, it worked and it got posted is I'll go check Spotify 30 minutes later when I post it to the Podbean. 
and it'll be up. So And that's yeah. how we know it's everywhere. And we share our podcast pretty much everywhere, like Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, yeah. CastBox, all those places, like we're there. Also, we said rate us on iTunes. We already oh, did that, right? We did not do that. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> uh, we need ratings on iTunes Bitches. so that we can actually get a ratings rating from iTunes. Yes, because okay. we only have two people who have rated us. One, Two people who have rated us so far. Yeah. Our best friend Davis has tried to rate us, but iTunes denied his, his review. What? There's, oh, like, yeah, swear he told words. us that. I'm yeah, going to yeah, post yeah. it on Instagram because it's literally the greatest <laughs> review I've ever. Because he said sluts or something Yeah, because like he's like, sluts, bitches, yeah. <laughs> But uh, we would Don't, love for you guys to rate us. 90% of the words that we say, you can't put into the rating. Yeah, you can say hot and daddy. That's fine. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Probably. You can say hot and daddy because they won't get it even together. You could probably say hot daddy. Yeah, Corey's a hot daddy. Yeah. Then you're Boos like, is a hot daddy. Yeah, Chana's a hot daddy. <laughs> Chana's a hot daddy, 2019. Yeah, 2019. I can be whatever the be fuck I want to be. <laughs> so, yes, rate us on iTunes. That would be wonderful. And share our shit with your friends. Also, um, last announcement. Boom. We will be doing a joint podcast on the 15th yeah. like we did for the 5th. Yes. Uh, Give us your faggot fact. Yeah, let's do my faggot fact. My faggot fact today is on – I titled it A Taste of Drag. So y'all basically know half of the facts that I'm about to give. They're all really quick because I was trying to go into the history of drag. And then I was like, fuck, this is going to take a while. That's like a whole podcast in itself. It's a whole podcast. So I just can't. I can't do it. Maybe I'll put it into a later faggot fact, but I can't. You can't do it justice. There's too much of a history for it to Mm. even like be worthwhile. So I just went over four uh, titles for drag or, or three titles are t- alternative to drag queens. Okay. So we have a drag queen. Yes. We all know what drag queens are, especially if you're probably listening to this podcast. If you don't, drag queens are mostly people who identify as male, who dress in women's clothing and often act with exaggerated femininity and in feminine gender roles with a primarily entertaining purpose. It's amazing. Yeah. They often exaggerate makeup such as eyelashes for dramatic, comedic, or satirical effect. While drag is closely associated with gay men and gay culture, a drag queen can be of any sexual orientation or label or whatever you want to be. Yeah. So there are, I'm going to go into three specific namings of, of that. So if you are, so drag kings is basically just the opposite. Drag kings are mostly people who identify as female, who dress in men's clothing and personify male gender stereotypes. Drag kings often perform as exaggeratedly macho male characters and portray marginalized masculinities such as construction workers, rappers, or they will also often impersonate male celebrities. Yeah, like I've seen a bunch of performances like on like on YouTube and stuff of them like yeah. impersonating like Elvis. And yeah, and like that's that. a list here. The, the biggest ones were Elvis, Michael Jackson, yeah, and Tim those. McGraw. <laughs> oh, that's a random one. But oh, Michael yeah. Jackson and Elvis, I've seen those. Yeah. On like and I thought that was, that's a difference that you see for drag queens. Like, uh, I mean, drag queens, I think, more started out this way impersonating female icons Britney Spears yeah but yeah. now you, you basically we they have become their own icons they have like they, Willem yeah has, Willem and stuff like yeah. that they've become so big especially with RuPaul oh yeah RuPaul's drag race and that stuff. has changed the game for drag queens like, oh completely. oh yeah they're like legitimate celebrities now yeah and yeah. it's just added a whole thing into pop culture I watched a, I watched a movie recently where there was like a random drag queen in it. I oh, can't really? remember what it was, but she showed up and I was like, okay, cool. My mom <laughs> told me about a show that's on Netflix. It's like a really good feel good show of like a drag queen or it's a movie. Something about like a dance school or no dance idea. recital and a drag queen. But like my mom like called me and she was like, you have to go watch you have to this. Do it. 
And I was like, yes, mom, drag queens. Speaking of drag, at some point this year, my goal is I to really have Corey. Do. I, I ha- really do. I really, really do. I have had a drag performance ready for Corey for five years we, now. It, I really, like, I really want to do it. I, I, How do we do it, though? It'd be so much work, but we just have to do it. That's, that's life. How about you guys give us money? Yeah, <laughs> you guys give us money and we'll throw a drag show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, like, we're not even joking, actually. If you really like, sent no. us the money to do it, I would fucking do it and we would record it and we'd post it. Yeah, and it would be like a good recording. We we could. Oh, yeah. Fuck it would be yeah. like professional quality. Wouldn't it be my oh, iPhone? Oh, yeah. We would Hell use yeah. a camera. <laughs> like, no, no question there at all. Yes. Okay, so other than drag queens, there are two things that y'all might not know about. There is a one called a faux queen. Ooh. It is they are usually people who identify as female who dress as drag queens to also play with gender roles and gender norms in an educational or satirical manner. So it's basically a drag queen, hmm. but the person identifies as female. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder how the average drag queen feels about that. Because you know how yeah. like it would just. I wish we had a drag queen here right now so we I could talk to them. Fine. About what they would I don't feel. think they, I don't think they care. I feel like drag is playing so much with gender norms that you shouldn't have a problem with it and this is where i'll get into it because i keep like in my writing too i was like somebody who identifies as male or somebody yeah. who identifies it's as all woman. about what you identify and then even though like for drag queen which is usually an umbrella term for all of this yeah like a drag person can be of any orientation and or gender mm. dis- descripting or uh representing another gender or orientation or whatever yeah. um there's also trans queen and that is just basically a trans woman who or somebody who identifies as a trans woman who dress and acts like a drag queen. Yes, honey. Yeah, so I didn't know yes, they like queen. would even specify that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and then faux queens, I had no idea that I was I had a no thing. idea faux queens existed. Yeah. Faux um, queens, fucking fuck queens. Faux queens also normally at least in the description were doing more of the celebrity impersonations. Mm. But they were like trying to do drag. They weren't just, like, showing up to a party dressed as somebody on Halloween. Yeah. It was like, no, this is what I really do. Yeah, they, like, dress up as Britney Spears on, like, November 18th, not yeah. just October 31st. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> nice. um, I think, to me personally, I've said I do want to do drag. Yes. And I think it would be fun. And when I go do drag shows, or don't do not do them, but when I go see drag shows, I love basically how it offends people is first off i love it I how love much it, it so offends much. people i fucking love it right <laughs> i'm like who cares it's just somebody dressed up and like yeah they're, entertaining they're dancing to ariana grande calm your tits yeah like calm like... your fucking tits and, and like listen to ariana grande right <laughs> <laughs> like calm fuck down i love also love the freedom that comes with expressing your feminine qualities. so i've done drag before in high school mm. we had like a miss cougar band pageant there was four different shows you had to do like a talent or just a basic showing of oh, who you fun. were a talent then a swimsuit, and then a ball gown. Oh. And it was really fun, and I got third place. Yeah, it's cool. fine. I've never it's heard fine. this before. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that was really fun. For my for my talent, I did belly dancing. Oh, my I, God. And I danced to Bonanza. Oh, my God. It was awesome. <laughs> by Akon. <laughs> okay, we're going to – I'm going to video Corey right now. Somebody dancing to Bonanza. A, we're going to post it on, uh, on Instagram. One of my one of my friends has, has it. He has the video. Or at least he took the video of it. He might not have it anymore. Yeah, but he took it. Because it was video. on one of those, like – little cassettes but like the cassettes that were particular to these camcorders yeah 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 well Corey, when you're ready for drag i know how to do drag makeup and i have a performance i I do really want to do it it'd be so fun to just put it together at that place the 666 place but i have to warn you if you do drag i'm gonna have to put fake eyelashes on you and lipstick i hate hate touching my eyelashes i fucking hate eyelashes you're gonna hate it so much but it's an essential piece of being a drag that's where i get it from because they did the crimper on my sorry i'm turning away because he's so horrified i used my fucking i moved my mic this time 
Yeah, they. She used the crimper on me. It was Rachel Jensen. Oh yeah. She used the crimper on my eyelashes, and it uh, it destroyed me. I couldn't. I, I don't know maybe I won't use that. the crimper. Maybe I'll just put fake lashes on you, and we can. Yeah, well, I could do fake eyelashes. I can curl your lashes with a heated lash comb. Maybe that we'll sounds do that. scary. Well, pick and sh- pick one. I'm pick scared. your poison, Corey. Just put fake eyelashes. On me. <laughs> well, you're so, gonna get fake lashes no matter what. Yeah, I'll get fake lashes, but don't put heat or metal near my eye. You're fucked, then. <laughs> you're fucked. You're not prepared to be. I just dragging. can't do it. Um, Meanwhile, you'll like you'll let like a penis like come straight at your eye. You're like, yeah, yeah. Like you <laughs> but... can ex- you can come into my eye before you could put an eye crimper <laughs> on my eyelash. <laughs> like fuck that. <laughs> So, yeah, that's drag. I just love drag. Every time I'm sitting in a club or especially when we went to the drag. Oh, you and Jordan went and had vegan uh, brunch. Yes, we but spread we, the vegan We went and did bra- drag brunch. It was really fun to just be there and be like, whoa, there's like 400 gay guys here. And they all spent like $30 just for this drag show. That's Super so fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Also bottomless mimosas. Also that. <laughs> we don't know which one got them there more. But right. <laughs> you can do the math. <laughs> Sweet. Drag yeah, that's my fag fact. Okay, so my spooky scoop today is a little different. <laughs> this is definitely not Y'all, the Y'all, this is time. take two of spooky scoop. <laughs> so spooky scoop take two. So uh, my spooky scoop is more of a news segment today. Oh, fuck yeah. So I follow 48 Hours Mystery, ID Channel, Dateline, all that good stuff on Facebook. So I'm constantly getting updates. Like my Facebook is recipe videos and murder. Like it's, or memes. Like it's one of Angels the three. memes. Specifically, Angel's memes. Yeah. Um, so, um, this is about a case that I've been following pretty closely. So, I just have a couple updates. I'm going to go into a brief description of the case and the oh, cool. really exciting yeah, yeah. thing that happened this week. So, um, three months ago in Barron County in Wisconsin, James and Denise Kloss were gunned down in their home and their 13-year-old daughter, Jamie, was kidnapped. Whoa. So, I remember, like... When I first got, when I first heard about this, yeah, like the guy had a shotgun, like shot through the door, gunned down the parents, kidnapped the daughter, left Damn. no trace at all. Uh huh. Um. So 88 days has passed, and so this is now three days ago on January 10th. Um. Jamie Kloss was located alive. What? So 88 days has passed, and you know, 88 days at this point, you're looking for a body, pretty much. Yeah. And she was found alive. Um. The suspect, 21 year old Jake Thomas Peterson, is now in custody. 21 years old Holy fucking and he shit. killed people and kidnapped a girl um an unidentified woman was walking her dog near her cabin when jamie approached her saying i need help i'm lost i don't know where i am the woman immediately recognized her as missing 13 year old girl jamie Kloss, and rushed her inside she called the police they picked up jamie since then jamie has been reunited with her doggo and her aunt Aww. um police are not disclosing any info yet we know the suspect was arrested and we know jamie is now safe um how she escaped what happened to her why it happened to her, all those questions, they're not being t- explained yet. Um, but we do know a few things. One is the suspect, I mean, who kidnapped her, Jake Thomas Peterson. He has literally zero connection to the family or to the girl. So they're trying to figure out. And he lives 88 miles away. What like the they found fuck? her, I think it's like 85 miles away. Yeah. So he's in a completely different town, like in a really small town, oh, very man. secluded. They don't even know why he picked and chose, like, the targets. Did he know there was Jamie in there? What was going on? So we're going to hear all this update soon. So, um, so yeah, but the wonderful news is Jamie She's was found, found alive. alive. She was gone Fuck missing yeah, for Jamie. 88 days. 
Um, her parents were killed, but she is alive. And so I, that was my spooky scoop today because I was so excited. and That she's okay. And yeah. she's okay. Like, this is huge, guys. Like, this is like Elizabeth Smart shit right here. Yeah. Like, you don't hear Ooh. someone disappearing for 88 days and, and showing up And then again. they show up alive. Man, it, so we don't even know, like, where she was kept. We know she was kept in his cabin. <laughs> it's like a very secluded area. She escaped somehow. I don't know. They don't, they're oh not really seeing Oh, my God. She was like, oh, my God. Yeah. She's 13. 13. He kept a 13-year-old for 88 days locked up in a cabin? Yeah. And we don't know how she was kept. We don't know any any details about it. Do we it know, yet. like, the mental state of this dude? Probably fucked up. And she's probably, <laughs> who knows what she went through. Fucked yeah. up. Yeah. If I was, like, the detective, I'm like, hmm, you mm, fucked up. If I'm a doctor, yeah, that, uh, that's what I put. Right. Fucked up. Fucked up. Royally fucked. Right. Royally <laughs> fucked up. But, yeah, and I, we don't really know what happened to her yet. I don't even, even know if they'll release the details of what happened to her. Like, uh-huh. whether, I mean, there was obviously probably sexual assault involved. No, I That's hope usually not. the case. Maybe not. I don't know. She's 13. Yeah, but so was, was, wasn't Elizabeth Smart like... I don't know. 10 or something? I don't know. Yeah, but regardless, I wanted to share this today because it was... This is a case that kind of has captured a lot of the followers. Like, any of our listeners who are part of, like, the ID mm-hmm. show or mm-hmm. channel community knows what I'm talking about. Like, this case is huge. And Damn. the fact that she came... She's located alive. She's is, alive. She's back. It's amazing. Fuck. And so, with my spooky scoops, I decided um, when this happened, like, this news update happened... With any ongoing cases that are currently going on, if there's a huge break in the case, I'll probably make that my spooky scoop. Ooh, that's cool, Because yeah. it's pretty exciting. That's interesting, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's my spooky also scoop today. It's real-life update of the Jamie Kloss case. Fuck yeah. Speaking of women in peril. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Before you begin, I actually need to add... That was the perfect segue. No, I need to add news anchor to my list of things that I do now because I'm a journalist, and news, a news anchor, anchor. Fuck <laughs> yes. You probably just informed like 20 people today. Right. Or... 50 people over the next week that's a news anchor right you can edit this whole part out because that was a perfect segue oh, what you yeah. had no it's fine um anyways going back to your <laughs> speaking perfect segue. of women in peril <laughs> <laughs> speaking of women in peril um mine today is about women in peril women in peril <laughs> <laughs> and people trying to help <laughs> but they can't because it's fucking supernatural shit <laughs> so it's it's the exorcism of anna eklund Ooh, exorcism! I'm yeah, we're so like excited. a classic, like classic OG exorcism, y'all. Okay, Anna Eklund was born in Wisconsin on March 23rd, 1882, to German immigrants who raised her as Catholic. Okay. Okay. So her father, uh, Jacob, had a reputation of being adamantly against the church and also a womanizer and an abusive alcoholic. Great guy. So, like, go him. You know, you have the trifecta of hating people <laughs> and a womanizer and you're an abusive alcoholic. That's, like, a really good trifecta. Yeah, like, <laughs> I want my daughter to marry that kind of man. Or my man, my, my man, my son to marry that kind of man. <laughs> um, it is believed that her mother also died in the early 1890s. So, suddenly, at the age of, eight, at the age of 14, um, she began experiencing severe issues with attending church and receiving communion. She began describing compulsions to smash holy water, fonts, same, uh, harm priests, same, Same. (laughs) Uh, suffer from signs. She also suffered from signs of depression, same, same, and unhindered sexual thoughts, same. Same. So I guess we're both fucking possessed. Hell yeah. Mine's by Valak. Right, right. Mine's by Boos. (laughs) So this is like, how did you know? (laughs) He just looks at me. sucked into the closet. Yeah, right. By Boos. Even though he's laying right there. Ah! She believed that she was becoming insane, but after going to visit a doctor, she was told that she was perfectly healthy, but her state, like, continued to work. 
Now the second person that we need to focus on for a little bit. Okay. Uh, this is the exorcist, the father, uh, Theophilus or Theophilus uh, Ressinger. Okay. This Daddy is like Ressinger. a semi-famous man. He's like one of the most famous exorcists that is known okay. in the Catholic Church. Cool. So he was born in Germany in 1868 and then joined the Capuchin Order in Wisconsin in 1899 after moving to the United States. By 1912, he was well-known for exorcisms, and that is why he was called upon when Anna first became possessed. So this is where we go to our first little possession yeah. of Anna. Oh, fuck yeah. Of Channa. Of me. Of Channa. Of Channa. <laughs> <laughs> On June 18th of 1912, Anna underwent an exorcism, uh, her first exorcism, Ooh! spoilers, by Father Ressinger. The exorcism was deemed successful by Father Ressinger and the family. However, years later, at the age of 46, Anna began to exhibit familiar symptoms of possession, and on the summer of 1982, Father Ressinger was again summoned to perform mm. another exorcism on her. So there isn't Spooky. so so this first the first exorcism of her was not accounted for because it was just sort of like a wham bam it's done your yeah. father's your daughter's like exercised and everyone was like cool the family's like yeah she's great and the father is like yeah the demon's fucking interesting because normally well at least for my research in the conjuring and conjuring too like to perform an exorcism for the catholic church to allow an, ex an exorcism to happen they have to have a lot of proof and this and that to allow yeah, the priest yeah. to even go through it unless there's like an emergency situation um i believe that or is that made up uh, no that's not made up but i believe this may be made up Oh. I believe that in the early 20th century, it used to be a little bit more open. Okay. But recently, since the times have gotten, since we've gotten more modern. Yeah, and more like Since psychology has become a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're like, wait a minute. These people are just insane. They're yeah. not really possessed. So that, so then the church, like in reaction to that, has become more anal about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the only word I can And more like PR, where they're like, oh, we need to make sure that this is Yeah, exactly. So we, we need to like... make sure this person just doesn't have a mental illness. Yeah. yeah. And I guess like since communication has changed as well, like technology, it's easier to con communicate with the Vatican now than it was in 1868. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So I just think over the times, like over the it's decades, changed. they've become more and more just restrictive on if they really actually allow an exorcism. Yeah. An like, exorcism. Sorry. Is this person crazy? Do they have ghosts in their blood or do they have like... Depression. <laughs> We're like, it's depression. It's depression. <laughs> Probably depression. What's she, worse? Are they a millennial? Faking it or demons? Demons. <laughs> demons. Demons are worse. Demons Demons are worse. That was so fucking funny. We're that the was, only ones that laughed. I know. I'm so glad Hiram was there too because there was like three people laughing. So it was like a group of people laughing. Is it me, me and you being like, ha 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 ha. That's so fun. Shout that, out to you, Hiram. Shout out Hiram for laughing at that. <laughs> The exorcism, so yeah, the exorcism was a team successful. We're all good. And then when she's 46, so like 34 years later, um, Anna begins to exhibit familiar symptoms of possession in the summer of 1928. Anna again found herself unable to pray or go to church. And if the sacraments were even brought to her, she was unable to eat them because it said, in quotes, the spirits would not let her. Ooh. So I said spirits this time. This oh, gets really intense. Shit. So Anna reported something different this time. She reported that multiple spirits were talking to her in her head, pressing her to commit horrible acts of violence and sexual depravity. At first, Anna thought she was going insane, like truly going insane this time. But Father Ressinger told her that it wasn't. And he knew that it wasn't because he knew that this time there were multiple spirits inside her, multiple demons inside of her. What? So this is where we need to go to like Catholic mythology in the Catholic mythos, when a demon returns to a host, or if a host gets repossessed, 
this time the host brings along fellow spirits with them. And it said they're supposed to bring along seven fellow spirits. Seven? Making the second possession much worse. And also it's supposed to be almost impossible to exercise. Seven? Yeah. That is more demons than friends we have. We have less yeah. friends in our friend group than. I mean, if you count Simone and Toulouse, it's like exactly it. That's so true. So we could all possess somebody together. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> That'd be so fun. You're fucked. <laughs> I'd be like blah, blah, chicken nuggets. I'm like vegan nuggets. Bradley Cooper. That's all I would make them say. I'd be like. Yeah. Make them masturbate violently all the time. Oh my god. I'd just be like yes, yeah, whatever. You just be constantly be like whatever. They're like I just want to go gay clubbing. We're like yes. It just starts out uh, like like one night like your your significant other is in charge of Netflix and then you're about to go to a movie but then you go and watch Queer as Folk right and then you're like are you okay <laughs> he's like I think I'm gay we're like Wah! and then you just start quoting like movies <laughs> <laughs> and then next thing you know you're playing Dungeons and Dragons next thing you know you're playing Dungeons and Dragons and next thing I knew I was pregnant <laughs> <laughs> So what happens is the exorcism begins and they try to do it in her hometown. Okay. Like in her in her in her house, what's going on and stuff like that. So it's priest but, versus seven demons. So it's priest versus seven demons and Anna's just along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Anna. Sorry, Anna, Anna, you're dead. So you're in a better place than we all are. Well, hopefully. She hopefully. was possessed by seven demons. No, she they were exercised. She's fine. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> We'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Okay, so uh, so soon though, in the, when the exorcism were going on, because they go on, there's like multiple sessions to an exorcism Jesus. usually, I guess, yeah. and they go on for multiple days at a time. Hmm. So when they started doing the exorcism for a few multiple days, the town began to like harass the family <laughs> and harass like everybody, like harass the house, like throw shit at it, like you it spread rumors about why it was going on and stuff like that. Um. Or so like when this happens. Uh, Father Ressinger asked permission of Father Joseph Steiger, the pastor at St. Joseph's Parish in Iowa, if he could bring Anna there to perform the exorcism in seclusion. On August 17th of 1928, Anna is brought to Iowa from, uh, where where were we? I don't remember. Do y'all remember? No, I'm Wisconsin. Someone's like, Wisconsin, you fucking bitch. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, whoever said that. In the future. <laughs> In the future, tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, from Wisconsin to Iowa, she's brought to Iowa at this parish. That's where they start to like really do really the do fucking her. exorcism. Yeah. So Anna was taken to this parish on uh, August 17th, 1928. And I'm going to list just a couple things that went on all the time. Oh, yeah. When uh, So in this parish, within the parish, what they actually learned a parish is is more of a territorial thing. Huh. It's not like an actual compound. I think it might also could be referred to a compound. Okay. But a parish is also just like a Catholic political boundary in a sense. It can be used in that way. It's like a That's property line. That's at least what line. Wiki said, guys. Yeah. So like... Don't argue with me. Argue with Wiki. So within this parish, there was also a convent where, where nuns are. So um, <gasps> and the, the nun nuns movie? were ordered to sort of take care of her and also just overlook what was and help Father Ressinger with the exorcism. Oh dear God! Excuse me. Dear so God. when the nuns would bless her food, they would like secretly bless it before entering and give her the food. If they would bless it, they would sprinkle holy water on it, and if they brought it in to her blessed, she wouldn't eat it. And it would say that Anna would sense that it was blessed and would hiss at the nuns and then throw her food at her or throw, the, throw her food at them. Witnesses, uh, the nuns testified to seeing Anna speak and understand foreign languages that she had never heard before. Whoa. So this is going on the whole time throughout these these like multiple 
sessions of the exorcism. The first of three sessions began on August 18th, the day after she got there. They bound her in chains to an iron bed. Hot. Or not in chains, sorry, God. Oh. <laughs> they, they took her dress, they took like cloth from her dress, and they bound her arms and legs to an iron bed hot. so that she couldn't do anything crazy because she was possessed. Yeah. Semi-hot. Super hot. <laughs> My iron chains would have done it, but like it was just cloth. Yeah. So it was like, eh. <laughs> Still pretty hot. So Ressinger also had three of the strongest sisters standing by in the room in case she broke free and needed to be pinned back down. Mm. So he was ready. Like he has done a couple exorcisms before in his life, yeah. before up to this point. And so he's like, I got it. I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I'm reading this verbatim from a website that's also from one of the books that I'll talk about later. Okay. So at the beginning of the exorcism, as they spoke, the prescribed prayers to start, Anna sank into a deep sleep with her eyes sh- shut impossibly tight. Then as they officially began the rite of exorcism, she broke free of her restraints, leapt through the air, and clung to the wall above the room's door. Ressinger alone seemed (laughs) unperturbed and had the sisters drag Anna from the wall (laughs) and into the bed. He's like, just reading, he's like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. Yeah, he's like, bitches. (laughs) She's like floating on the wall and he's like, whatever. (laughs) The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ (laughs) compels you. I love it where she's twerking. I love love the, where they take the exorcist and she's like twerking. (laughs) That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite ones. My favorite exorcism thing is in um, the night before that the Seth Rogen James Franco movie yes what, and really Jay really <laughs> really it's compelling <laughs> <laughs> oh god we need to watch that again I thought I about that yesterday love I love like, that movie I love that fucking movie and we need to watch 21 and 22 Jump Street uh, we do They're those so are the good. funniest movies that's ever been created <laughs> those are yeah like when somebody's like dad how is like comedy for millennials I'm like these two movies right here right like that is millennial comedy it's just ugh <laughs> God, it's so good. So Ressinger alone seemed unperturbed and had the sisters drag Anna from the wall and into the bed, restraining her even as she began howling like a pack of wild beasts that were suddenly let loose. Oh, my God. The howling was so loud it brought the attention of the neighbors. Because of the scene, a great number of people are said to bear witness to the screams coming from the convent. Jesus Isn't that? That's creepy. That's That's creepy as hell. So the first session lasted until the 26th of August. And then there were two consecutive sessions. Fucking uh, the, damn. The second one happened from the September 13th to September 20th. And then the third one happened from December 15th to December 23rd. So that's spanning about six months right there. Or about five months right there. Damn. We have like five months. And within those five months, there's three different, on average, eight-day sessions of exorcism. And I that's believe crazy. during these sessions, it was like... The power of Christ compels you for like eight days straight. Uh, eight days as much as you could go because it you have Father Ressinger leading and then you have that other father Joseph whatever. Uh-huh. Joseph um, Smith. Joseph Smith. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought I was. I took it for real for a second. <laughs> Joseph Smith came back from the dead and he was like, "Listen." He's like, "The power of Christ does pa- compel you." <laughs> <laughs> the power of Christ does compel you, and your thirteen-year-old daughter. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, how do sex life? <laughs> During these sessions, it was also reported that Anna would defy gravity by levitating and clinging to to the wall multiple times. During this time, she was clairvoyant, calling out past sins of the sisters in the room, and she's also like, Father Ressinger and Father Joseph Smith. She's like Becky, you <laughs> fucked Robert, <laughs> you whore. <laughs> and this is so funny now because I, I did you ever know about that movie that came out? What's her name? I can't think of her name right now because I'm doing a podcast. The yeah, right. Aubrey, what's her name? Aubrey. She's so fucking funny. She is my most favorite comedian. Aubrey uh, Plaza. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, from Parks and Rec. So she yeah. did um, the nun movie? <clears throat> These Little Things, the nun movie. Yeah, Have I you haven't seen, seen it. it, no. Oh, my God, Chris and I watched it last week. It is the funniest fucking shit. It's, so when you watch the trailer, the trailer makes you think it's going to be, like, nonstop fun, just, like, funny all the time. Yeah. No, it's, like, this really low-key comedy. See, I asked Jordan because Jordan's seen it, and he said he didn't like it at all. Oh, I liked but it. But I wanted to watch it. I for The marketing for that movie was genius because Aubrey Plaza sat down with nuns so in, like, hot box a room with funny. legitimate nuns. Like, Wait, she, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, like, that was the Oh, my God, I want to read it. about that now. It's, like, hilarious. So it's really funny because uh, her husband wrote it and oh, directed it. And cool. then she – I mean, she, I'm sure she helped write it, too. Yeah. yeah. So she they probably, like, co-wrote it, and then direct he directed it. And then in it is Jane, not James Franco, Dave Franco. If only. And then Dame Franco is uh, married to the uh, girl from Mad Men. Allison Ma- Mad Brie Men. Or whatever. Yeah, she's not Mad Men. She's from Community. You know her from Community. Uh-huh. But when you finally fucking watch Mad Men, you'll know. Yeah. We'll <laughs> Anyways, <see. laughs> it's so fucking funny. It. I really like it. It's not like crazy over the top funny like Twenty One or Twenty Two Jump yeah, Street. Yeah, but it's still really good. But it's low key, just like that was hilarious. I'll have to get drunk and watch it. it was, yeah, Classic. we we drank and watched it. It was really fun. That's the best. Okay, so it's just really fun listening to this shit happen and then think of that movie anyways sorry other than being clairvoyant and floating and cleaning the walls yeah other she often vomited stuff. and spit at the priests and also her eyes bul- her eyes would bulge and her body became so bloated and heavy that she would she bent the iron bed frame in. <gasps> yeah like it like she'd get bloated like she was a dead body in water and her <gasps> eyes would bulge like yeah and she got so heavy like a rock it even said sometimes her skin would become so hard like a rock like they couldn't puncture it or even like press against it yeah isn't that weird it's fucking weird seven demons will do that to you right yeah so i said the extensive exorcism resulted in deterioration of anna's body and she refused to uh, she refused to consume food she would vomit many times and there'd be a lot of like like literally debris like they said, like rocks and Ew. just like debris in it, and also uh, tobacco leaves specifically. So if you know. smoke, that means you're possessed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know me. like the significance of tobacco leaves, but whatever. Also, it says that Anna became so violent that several nuns in the convent also asked to be relocated. Damn. They were like, "This is too much. This is too real. We need to leave." Damn. Same. I'd be one of those nuns. I'd be like, "Fuck this. I'm leaving." Right. <laughs> She's like, "The demon girl called me a whore. I'm out." <laughs> I'm fucking out. <laughs> She also said before, like near the final session, she began to exude an inhuman odor of rot. And at the same time, hordes of flies appeared and would randomly appear and disappear around her body. Isn't that disgust? That's disgusting. This is so like Amityville and the exorcism. Movie. Yeah, no. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, it says uh, demons aren't like super original. They sort of just like follow Copycat the template. Bitches. Yeah, you're fucking little whores. Oh, God. I'm so scared. <laughs> <Here's-> <laughs> He's like, you call me a copycat bitch. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so said also her once her once soft voice would often sink into a guttural growl capable of creating impossible sounds. And as she slept, the creatures came to the surface that were in her body, whispering without moving her lips, <gasps> blasphemizing God and verbally assaulting anyone in the room. So they would say like she would go to sleep. You know, you, like, sit with your mouth yeah. open sometimes. She's like, They would say, like, with her mouth just, like, open, they would hear whispers come out of her mouth, and they'd be, like, talking to you if you were in the room. Gosh, and, like, be like, you bitch. fucking little bitch. Fucking little bitch. Like, you're fucking, like, have, like, a fucking, I don't know, a unibrow, and, like, your, your mother was a hamster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. And your, your, your father mother smelled, smelled like elderberries. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, when directly asked about the spirits within her, Ec- or, sorry, Eklund's her last name, so sometimes I have Eklund in here. 
uh, Anna would li- listed several with Beelzebub as their leader. So, however, she noted that she had been possessed at the command of her father, Jacob, and Aunt Mina with the help of Lucifer himself. So, let's go back, okay? So. Shit. By her account, the first exorcism had failed because they had, because her father, Jacob, who was a drunk and had the trifecta of awesomeness, yes, turns out that. He would physically and sexually abuse her. No. And uh, when the mom died, he turned to his mom, to the mom's sister, her aunt Mina. So it's like sister. So Jacob yeah. turned to his sister-in-law, and then they had a f- an affair. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. this is girl shit. And so this is true it turns crime. out that Mina was a witch and would put herbs and concoctions into Anna's food, and that's what got her uh, possessed the first time. And so it says that the duo had been damned now because uh, they have died yeah. from the time that she had the first exorcism like to the second ex- exorcism. She, they would like do spells on her again to get uh, possessed again. Damn. And they have died in, since this time. So it says the duo had been damned and now joined the demon hordes with Anna. <gasps> or, sorry, within Anna. Sorry. Uh, Jacob for sexually assaulting her and then Mina for committing four abortions and being a witch. <gasps> Yeah, isn't that crazy? This is like this is from the mouth of Anna as she is possessed. Like these are the demons oh inside God. of her. I'm just gasping. So it mom. is believed that the source of Anna's possession to start with came from her aunt Mina. I've already sort of said that. Yeah. A uh, who is a reputed local witch who placed spells and herbs which would prepare Anna's food with her food. Sorry. Anna's father and aunt prayed to Satan for her to suffer even more. And within a year after her first possession, she revealed that she had become possessed by multiple enemies. And she started to like, like within a year Damn. of her being 14. So 14 to 15, she was fine. Damn. She said since she was 15, she felt possessed again. So from 15 to 48, Damn. she felt possessed. Poor and it girl. finally got bad enough where they called the father in again. Poor Anna. This is like what she reveals while she's possessed. So it is also believed that Anna had become possessed by multiple people, as we said before. Yeah, yeah. And in these accounts, it is her father, Jacob, um, her aunt, uh, Mina. It is also supposed to be uh, Beelzebub is one who's leading Classic. it. Yeah. Satan is also supposed to be possessing her and uh, Judas. So there's Judas, Beelzebub, Satan, Mina. Mina and, and and then the dad. Those are the only five that I was able to find. But there's were. two more mysteries. There's two more mysteries, supposedly. Zozo. Yeah, Zozo, right? <laughs> Compared to like uh Invalic. There we go. Zozo and Valak. That's welcome. Canon. Welcome to our podcast once again. Can like <laughs> Zozo's like pinching his nipples he's in the like, closet uh, right now. <laughs> he's like <laughs> he's thinking about me. <laughs> I'm like, well that's the end of I'm the like, that's the end of our podcast. Yeah, like, so blah, blah, there's like blah, spirit blah. demon combo and Satan. Yeah, cool. and Satan, because Satan. Casual. Super <laughs> so, casual. When asked what business the spirits had with or sorry, when asked what business the spirits had within her, a voice claiming to be Judas pied to bring her to despair so that she will commit suicide and <gasps> hang herself. <gasps> Isn't that fucking crazy? <gasps> Judas, you bad bitch. <laughs> right? So on December 23rd, uh, at the end of the third eight-day session in on 1928, the okay. exorcist looked like it finally would, or the exorcism looked like it finally would come to an end. However, by this point, Ressinger in particular looked as though he had aged 20 years mm-hmm. over just the this eight this last Whoa. session, eight-day period. And they experienced the only case of exorcism where the exorcists uh, had a vision of the powers of hell. So I'm reading this verbatim, what oh, is written shit. in the book that was written by Ressinger himself. Yes. It said, in the final half hour of the last day of Anna's rite, 
we saw a crowned Lucifer and Harry Beelzebub appear in the corner of the room. <laughs> Although confined to that space by God himself, they seethed with rage as the room filled with flame, bitter that holy law forbade them from harming anyone present. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, so, and then he writes, Afterwards, the possessed Anna stood upright on her bed and collapsed, screaming at the top of her lungs, Beelzebub, Judas, Jacob, Mina, hell, hell, hell. After several repetitions, an unearthly stench passed through the room, and Anna opened her eyes. Then she spoke in a clear voice for the first time in many months. My Jesus, mercy, praise be Jesus Christ. Uh, praise be Beyonce. Shouldn't say <laughs> after the twenty-third day, after the twenty-three days that the combined sessions of the rite had lasted, the exorcism was over and oh. the devils had been returned to hell. Oh, is that fucking ridiculous? Oh my god! So they like saw Beelzebub above and Satan and Satan and in the corner himself. of the room, and the whole room appears to be on fire, and then it stops. Been there, and Anna rises from her bed screaming that. That's fucking ridiculous. I. Oh, fuck. So after the exorcism, uh, Ressinger would go on to perform over 20 more exorcisms before his death in November 9th of 1941. He claims that later on, a demon also attempted to crash his car by taking over the steering wheel. But that's like the only time, only once that ever happened to him. Okay. And then also, Anna was able to live a relatively peaceful existence, and her identity identity has been concealed. She goes by another name, and I forget which name is really real, but who cares? Because she wants her name obviously hidden. So yeah, yeah. Anna Eklund, we're just going to go by that. She did also, though, report that she was possessed mild, like a few more times, but they were like super mild. <laughs> I don't know how possession's mild, but Demon's like, hey, whatever. she's like, hey, we she's get like, out. Whatever. Beelzebub's like, okay. She's it's like, fine. we're doing this again. They're like, yeah. Yeah, we're fucking bored. Yeah, we're fucking bored, and for some reason, you you can get possessed Why a lot easier. Why her? I guess like we already talked about the Catholic Church is like she's so bad, but I don't know. Well, and then it says like her aunt Mina and dad fucked her for life. We're like trying to like praying to Satan for her to get to be yeah. possessed. So it could very like maybe the minor possessions was were them like it was her dad or me yeah or like if fuck this like, is crazy right Poor so Anna. not only did these events inspire um many books but they also are what inspired the actual uh exorcist okay like, I was this gonna is say, these are similar. one of like the main this is one of the main sightings of actually being in the portrayal of the possession of like the portrayal of the exorcist yeah basically and then in february of 1936 the exorcism was also portrayed in Time magazine. Oh. Yeah, it's it's wow. more focused on the exorcist on Theophilus Ressinger, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. Um it's more of just like a look into his life because he's like a high class, Looked high like profile did. exorcist. Yeah. So Casual. that's when he was so in nineteen thirty six he was in Time magazine. That's cool. He's like person of the year. Yeah, really he, yeah, he was like February February's month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the exorcism of Anna Eklund. He's like the centerfold of a Playboy. <laughs> yeah right he's like yeah <laughs> well shit seven de- i didn't know that you could be have seven demons or spirits or demons in you yeah at right i didn't know that was allowed but yeah <laughs> like so now there's suddenly new rules that i didn't know about yeah right <laughs> you can't just be fucked by one demon you cannot be fucked by seven simultaneously this is like a unwanted gangbang yeah right literally an unwanted spiritual gangbang an unwanted spiritual gangbang <laughs> <laughs> sounds fun shit I'll just get started. Okay, so... Yeah, let's do it. Mine is about the disappearance of Dorothy Arnold. 
Dun, dun, dun. Again, women in peril. So, yeah. When well, are women in peril? The theme of this entire podcast episode is women, women in, in peril. peril. So, yeah. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> So yep. we should just rename our podcast "Women in Peril." We should. That's a good idea. <laughs> Most, I think, almost every single thing you've episode done. I've had. No, your Christmas one was like people in peril. People, families in peril. In peril. Yeah. And pe- then your and then the Christmas one before that was uh, again just about a family. So people in peril. Yeah, people in peril. We'll just yeah do the, uh, the umbrella term people, so we're not. No, and then then there was one time where it was multiple. Di- yeah, yeah. There, it hasn't always just been only women in peril, but mm-hmm. today's podcast is, is women, in women in peril. And I feel like most of the time when I look up true crime, like I'm always looking at like, oh, it's the murder of this girl or the disappearance of this girl. Like it's always like yeah. women, because you know we just can't be safe when we're walking alone anywhere it's too much to ask it's too much to ask like how dare i even want to walk to a grocery store by myself like Mm -mm. i'm so selfish Mm -mm. okay so (laughs) um, mine is the disappearance of dorothy arnold to continue the theme of women in peril so some background on my homegirl dorothy arnold dorothy she has two middle names harriet camille arnold was born and raised in manhattan in a super rich really high-class family. Um, she was the second of four children of a perfume importer. His name was Francis Rose Arnold. And his wife, Mary Martha Parks Arnold. Dorothy's father, Francis, was a Harvard University grad. He was senior partner of F.R. Arnold & Co. Um, they imported fancy goods. Um, his sister, Harriet Marie Arnold, she married a Supreme Court Justice, Rufus W. Peckham. As you can hear... Or, as you can kind of put together, they had a really high social standing. They were yeah, cool. rich as hell, um, and they were listed in the Social Register. Now, the Social Register is a semi-annual publication in the United States that indexes the members of the American High Society. Whoa. And that still goes on to this day. Whoa. It started in, like, 1808 or something. Wow, Some people want to feel important about themselves. Yeah, so if you're, like, loaded as hell. And, like, you know... Back in the olden days, we should get had, ourselves on this list, right? Just somehow, just, just some, like fuck with the system. Just like, anyways, has your sex life, millennials, Corey and Chana's in the high society. <laughs> yeah. They look at us, I'm no, like, we top just put, shelf. We put Toulouse and Simone Jones. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> They're like have such interesting names too. It could be high society, but you know, in the olden days, and they would have like the super secret secluded clubs. Like uh-huh. this is the gentleman's club. Oh, I'm sure they have them now still. Cigars. Um, that, now they're like crazy sex clubs. Yeah, but, yeah um, it's all just about like child pornography. Right, but yeah. a lot of these old school clubs, like these super high end ones, came from the social re- register. Fun. That's a fun fact right there for you nerds. Um, now, so to say the least, she was an American socialite and, you know, she was like the Paris Hilton of the time in a mm. sense. Um, now, she went to the Velton School of Girls in New York City and attended Bryn Mawr College, um, where she majored in literature and language and she graduated in 1905 so oh. she's a woman you know doing this in the early 1900s so it's pretty cool um after graduating arnold continued to live at the family home which was 108 east on 79th street and she attempted to begin a career as a writer in spring of 1910 she she submitted a short story to mcclure's magazine and it was rejected uh-huh. um, now when it was rejected her friends and family they began to tease her for even writing like oh for like making yeah for, for not trying. getting married yeah you're like oh you're not married you're not married and you're trying and you're failing at it yeah haha uh, tease tease bitches bitch yeah so this prompted arnold to sorry i'm gonna refer to her as arnold sometimes and dorothy but when i say arnold it's dorothy okay i cool. wrote her as yeah both. her last name's arnold yeah yeah because that's like every 
article you ever read, they always refer to the person as their last yeah, name. But yeah. I always try to do the first. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like. Anyway, so this prompted Dorothy to rent out a post office boxes to receive correspondence or magazines and publishing houses because she just didn't want to deal with her friends and family when she got rejection letters because they're such bitches. Bitch. Um, she submitted a second short story to McClure's. This was in November of 1910. The story was also rejected. Okay. So according to Dorothy's friends, the, the second rejection left her feeling dejected and embarrassed Aww. and extremely depressed. Yeah. Um, now, this happened about two months before – sorry, this happened about like a month before she disappeared. November okay. November 1910. And about two months before she disappeared, she even asked her father if she could take an apartment in Greenwich Village in order to write, Oh, hi, Simone. Oh, Simone. And her dad was like, bitch, you're a woman. <laughs> like, you should be able to write from <laughs> anywhere. Live with her family, you unmarried wench. <laughs> so she continued to try her writing career. Okay. And she did not su- succeed in we'll it. Well, go her. So now this is December 12th, 1910. So this is a month after her second rejection letter. Um, Dorothy Arnold told her mother that she wanted to go shopping for a dress to wear to her younger sister Marjorie's upcoming, um, like the whole coming out, coming of age party mm-hmm. they have for rich people. It's like debutante yeah, or something. Yeah, fun. You know, I have no idea. It's like white rich people things. Oh, okay, yeah. So her mom offered... Oh, someone's so cute. Um, her mom offered to go with her daughter. Dorothy declined. She was like, nah, bitch, I'm just going to go by myself, and I'll find a dress. Mm-hmm. If I find one, I'll give you a call. Um, so she left her house at 11 o'clock in the morning on December 12th, 1910. Oh, my God. So according to the family, Dorothy had approximately 25 to $30 cash in her possession at the time. Today, that is about 627 to $807. So she, like, rolled out loaded. Chill. She's like, I'm going to go buy a dress. Here's $800. She's like, bye. I'm, I'm walking down the street tonight. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to walk. But it was 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Okay, yeah. So it's like a chill time. Okay. So she walked from her home on 79th Street to the Park and Tilford store at the corner of 5th Avenue and 27th Street. Damn. So for those of you guys who know New York, you can figure you got out where it. she you is. You can visualize this. Uh, for those of you guys that don't, she walked a while. Um, so anyways, <laughs> she... She fucking walked. She fucking walked. <laughs> she walked her ass down, and at the store, she bought a half-pound box of chocolates. Yes, queen. Hell yeah. Same. Fuck yeah. She just, and she charged it to her family's credit. She was like, add it to my dad's fucking credit <laughs> she card. She has $600 in her pocket, and she's like, I don't want to buy this. Yeah, right? She's like, add my half-pound of chocolate to my dad's credit card. Fuck you, dad. So I fucking Same. love her. If I Dor- disappear, I hope that day I buy a half-pound bag of chocolate. <laughs> and just charge it to your dad. It's, like, amazing. But it's, like, 2019, so they're like, what? Yeah, you like charge it to I'm the like, Martin just account. charge it to my dad, and then I walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and oh so God. she was obviously had her life figured out. Um, and then she walked to a bookstore. At the bookstore, she purchased Engaged Girl Sketches, which is a book of funny essays by some of Oh, chick. fun. Okay. Yeah. And um, again, charge it to her family's shit. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, in charge this women essay book to my father's account. <laughs> Wait, how old is she? She's uh, 25. Jesus, woman. Uh, I want your life. I know. Goals. Goals. So um, the store clerks who they waited on Dorothy at both stores, they said she was really kind, polite, no signs of distress, oh, nothing just, alarming. Like, n- another chill day walking down the street with $100. Yeah, like, oh, this is just Dorothy buying I her buy, chocolate I always books. buy a half pound. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Yeah, like this. If people just... thought that was normal behavior, that's a good life. Yeah, right. People are like, this is Dorothy showing up in her Walking fur around coat. with $600. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like, instead of using the $600, she's charging it to her dad's credit. It's <laughs> fine. 
Um, so outside the bookstore, Dorothy ran into one of her friends. Her name's Gladys King. Gladys recalled that the two spoke briefly about Dorothy's sir- sister's deputant thing, sure, coming yeah. of age party, mm-hmm. rich white people shit. Dorothy was really excited. They had like a great conversation. And then uh, Gladys was like, hey, I'm super fucking late for my mom's lunch. I got to go. <laughs> Sorry, Dorothy. Let's chat more. Also, is that a half pound of chocolate I see in your fur bag? <laughs> um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I charged it to my dad's account. She's like, oh, my God, I charged this half ch- pound of chocolate <laughs> to my own daddy's she's account. She's like, yeah, I brought this like half pound of peppermint that I charged to my dad's yeah, account. Yeah, they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let's <laughs> talk about this later over tea. Yeah, right. Over our daddy's credit tea. Yeah. So um, Gladys then recalled that she and Dorothy said goodbye. And then uh, Dorothy said at one point during the conversation, she's going to walk home through Central Park. Fuck. Central Park's huge Fuck for girl. those of you guys who haven't been. It's huge. Fuck girl. Uh, anyways, Gladys last saw Dorothy on 27th Street shortly before 2 p.m. Bye. Um, she turned around. Gladys turned around to Dorothy and waved for the second time goodbye. And this oh. was the last time Dorothy was ever seen again. Let me repeat. This is 2 p.m. on a very, very busy street in New York City. This mm-hmm. is the last time she was seen. What not, day, do you know what day of the week this was? December 10th, 1910 or whatever. Okay. I don't know. Oops. Tuesday, we'll yeah. say. It doesn't matter. It's New York. It's New York City. There's constant people. Yeah. By that same evening, early that evening, she did not come home for dinner, which was super bizarre. Um, they began calling her friends, and they're like, yo, have you seen Dorothy? And they're like, mm-hmm. no. Um, now, shortly after midnight on December 13th, Elsie Henry, she was one of Dorothy's friends. She called the Arnold family and she was like, hey, has Dorothy returned yet? And uh, the mom said, she was like, oh, yeah, Dorothy just walked through the door. Um, She's fine. And the friend was like, oh, can I talk to her? And the mom was like, uh, no, she has a headache. She just went straight to bed. What the fuck? So she like hesitated and said that she went to bed. But Dorothy did not come home. This is the mom lying. So fearing that their daughter's disappearance would draw unwanted media attention and because of the social embarrassment, because of their standing, they Mm -hmm. did not go to the police. They did not go to the press. They went to their family lawyer. And I wrote, LOL, what the fuck? LOL, fucking rich people. (laughs) Right? They're like, this is embarrassing for our image. We better call a lawyer about it to see if we can really handle such a PR incident. Oh, my God. So their lawyer rolled up. Keith. His name was Keith. John S. Keith. He arrived at the family home. He was, like, a close friend of the family. He, like, took Dorothy to balls and rich people stuff. He was yeah. only, like, a year or two older than her. Okay. Um, he arrived at the home, searched her room. Nothing was out of ordinary. All of her clothes are still there, all of her belongings. He did find some personal letters with foreign postmarks in her desk. Oh. Um, two folders for transatlantic steamliners on the desk and burn papers in the fireplace. You know, it's speculated that the burn papers were the rejection letters from the McClure magazine about her stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, over the following weeks, oh, let me repeat that. Over the following weeks, <laughs> weeks, weeks without the police being involved, weeks, Keith visited jails, hospital, morgues. This is oh like the family God. lawyer. He's like some fucking lawyer going to morgues um, looking for her. Uh, he went to New York, Philadelphia, Boston, or sorry, Weeks. New York City, Philadelphia, Boston. He didn't find anything. After Keith couldn't figure anything out, he suggested that the Arnold family hire some some private investigators. Yeah. Okay, go, Simone. Okay. Simone's like, I just want to walk around and make noise. Okay. Bye, Simone. <laughs> bye, She's Simone. Like, okay, bye. <laughs> she like walked out in the weirdest way. That's <laughs> weird. So as she fuck. was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so these PIs. Um, they also searched hospitals and other places that Dorothy was known to frequent. They, like, went to the chocolate store and shit. 
Where they're like, where's Dorothy? They're like, we don't know. We don't know. She hasn't bought a half pound of chocolate in weeks. On her dad's credit. In fucking weeks. <laughs> We're getting alarmed. <laughs> oh, by the way, where's her dad? Yeah. She owes a, he owes us $10. He owes us like 10 cents because it's yeah. like 1910. <laughs> right. He owes us a nickel um, or a dime. Okay, so they were looking at these places. They couldn't find her. Uh, they started questioning Dorothy's friends and former college classmates about her whereabouts. No one had seen her. Based off of the transatlantic streamliners found in her room, all the foreign letters, yeah. um, the PIs theorized that uh, Arnold, so Dorothy, might have eloped with a man in Europe. That's awesome. So the agents started. Just stop there. We're yeah. done. That's her life. So anyways, she, she lives buys in half pound bags of chocolate and then she went to elope with some hot man in Europe. Yeah. Done. And now she's like, well, she's dead now. It's like 1910. <laughs> oh, yeah. She had an awesome life. <laughs> but though. through like the roaring 20s, she was like going fucking wild. Fuck yeah, girl. <laughs> um, so the agents searched marriage records, but none were found with her name. Um, now, agents, they also went, they were dispatched overseas to search streamliners arriving from New York. What? They were looking for anyone. Now, this family yeah. is very, I mean, they very, have very wealthy. They're rich, so yeah. They could throw those money in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they went overseas. They checked all of the boats for anyone that looked like Dorothy. They found all these women that looked like Dorothy. None of them were Dorothy. I mean, they were looking everywhere for her. Damn. They couldn't find her. After Keith, the family lawyer, and the PIs could not find Dorothy, they finally were like, hey, Francis, Dorothy's dad, you should probably call the police. <laughs> we should, this, this may be serious. This is probably pretty... It's been weak. It's been a long fucking time. <laughs> so the... Hold on, I just zoomed in 150% to this page <laughs> by accident. Okay, so the police advised Francis, the dad, to hold a press conference in order to get as much publicity as possible. He first hesitated because he was like, but our image, like, this is super embarrassing for our family. Yeah. Uh, our image, our God PR, damn. like, we need to hire. She's just one handles. of my daughters. Yeah, like, she's just a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Uh, but finally, he was like, okay, I will do a press conference about this. Reluctantly. He's like, Fine. I guess. So on January 25th, 1911, reporters gathered at Francis Arnold's New York City office where he informed them of his daughter's disappearance and offered a $1,000 reward. So this is like a month and a half after she disappeared. And now $1,000 back then is about $27,000 today. Just so you guys know. Um, So he was like, I'll give you $1,000 for any info. Um, Now, during the press conference, reporters started asking him if it were possible that his daughter was still alive and had simply run away with the man. Um, as he did not allow his daughter to date. He was very intense about it. This is 1910. She's 25. This is 1910. Okay. But still, she's 25. Maybe he just wanted to find her a person. That's probably it. Because it's 1910. So he's probably like, I have to find the man hmm. for you and yeah. sell you to for my business. Who I, knows? Who the fuck knows what his whole thing was. Anyways, Francis um, denied that sent claim, stating... Uh, I would have been glad to see her associate more with young men than she did, especially some young men of brains and position, one whose profession or business would keep him occupied. I don't approve of young men who have nothing to do. Reporters soon discovered that Francis Arnold's Spoken comments... Spoken like a well-rich white man. All right. Yeah, he's like, I want a young, rich, promising white man for my daughter, not yeah. like someone regular. Yeah. Um, reporters soon discovered that Francis Arnold's comments were in reference to George Criscom Jr. He went by Jr. Cool. Great guy. Um, anyways, he was a man that Dorothy met while she was attending college, and she was romantically involved with. She was totally banging him. Nice. So Junior was a 42-year-old engineer who lived with his super rich-ass parents in Pennsylvania. Fuck yeah. 
uh, or sorry, in Philadelphia. Um, reporters also discovered that in September of 1910, so, you know, a few months before she disappeared, Dorothy had lied to her parents and told them she was going to visit a former classmate in Boston. Instead, she spent a week in a hotel Hell with yeah, Junior. girl. Good, Go, good, girl. good, good. She's good, like, good. she, like, went to the chocolate store, bought chocolates. <laughs> she bought one pound of chocolate. Oh, shit! <laughs> she bought one pound of chocolate on her daddy's credit and oh. went to Philadelphia and fucked her man. And they ate half of that chocolate and then sp- melted the rest down and ate it off each other's dicks. Yeah. And So her parents found out about the Stevie Hotel Week after Arnold pawned $500 worth of jewels to finance their week-long stay. So $1,000 is, is... Or sorry... Yeah, he offered $1,000 for her award. That was equal to $27,000. So she pawned $500 worth of jewels, which is like what? I like, don't know. If we just, like, even 20, and even 25 is going to be 25,000. Like, is it 27,000 or 27,000? 27, 000. 27,000. So it's 27,000. So that's just an even 25,000. So if you multiply that by five, that's 125,000. So she spent 125,000 dollars in a week. Oh no, she pawned 500 dollars with the jewels, not a thousand. So to she pay spent for, half to pay for her week there, though. Yeah. So she <laughs> she spent half of 25 grand, which is like 14. She spent 125,000 dollars in a week, y'all. Fucking some hot 42-year-old engineer from Philadelphia. So there's that. So Damn, you can kill me. So after, <laughs> and I bet you half of that was spent on fucking chocolate. So after returning home, um, Arnold's, Dorothy's parents forbade her to continue the relationship with Griscom. They're like, yo, you just blew through a lot of cash. <laughs> and uh, they found him unsuitable. Whoa, we're rich, but whoa. They're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> so despite her parents' disapproval, she continued talking to Junior um, the two saw each other for a final time in early November, so a month before she disappeared. Um, and this was in November. It was right before keyboard. Junior left on vacation with his parents to Italy. Oh. Casual. Um, now, <laughs> after Arnold's disappearance, uh, her family sent Griscom Jr. a telegram on December 16th asking for information about Dorothy's disappearance. Uh-oh. He responded, denying any knowledge of Dorothy's whereabouts. Mm-hmm. And he said... He's in Italy. Yeah, he's like, bitch, I'm in Italy eating spaghetti off of this prostitute with my parents. Fuck you. So he's like, I don't know anything about her disappearance. I got nothing. Yeah. So in early January of 1911, Arnold, Dorothy's mother, Mary, and Dorothy's brother, John, traveled to Italy by ship to forcibly interrogate Junior. Whoa. So clearly, there's some suspicion between they have a reason to not only just write him a letter but to like well yeah there's, ship our, their there's ass secrecy surrounding him and his relationship to their her. daughter so that's that's yeah valid. exactly um so they met him in his hotel room in italy on january 16th and he continued saying he knew nothing about her disappearance yeah um they demanded that he give them the letters that dorothy had sent him but he said oh there there's nothing of importance i burned them <laughs> and they were like Whoa. okay so suspicious there's like a dog in the corner of the room that does like the shifty eyes no. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? totally like this is major shifty eyes yeah. moments uh the parents so obviously dorothy's mom was like you're a fucking bitch so right anyway so when there's like a half pound of, there's a half pound of, God, there's a half pound of chocolate like in the there's fucking a half corner. pound bag of chocolate like in the corner of the room by the dog like we fucking know you know where dorothy is you bitch right so yeah, as he's, like, eating the chocolate Dorothy, like, pictures <laughs> yes. that day. It's, like, it's given to all three of them. They're all three eating it, like, pondering right. this. They're like, where's this chocolate from? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't buy it. <laughs> um, so, anyways, eventually their interrogation ended. They went back to New York. Junior went back to New York. And when he got there, he held this press conference on his own. And he was like, 
I will marry Dorothy once she's found. Dorothy, come home. What and he fuck? started spending thousands of dollars for ads in major newspapers asking her to come home. That sounds like guilt. That's the whole thing. <laughs> like, that sounds... And also, it sounds like he's trying to just shake people off of his trail. Yeah, it sounds like, like guilt or, like... Don't look at me, because I'm trying to act. find her. And but, I'll marry her. However, by the end of January of 1911, police said that they believed... Um, that Dorothy was alive, they returned on their own accord. However, the family didn't believe that. Um, her her dad told the press that he believed from the start that his daughter was attacked and killed while walking home through Central Park because she didn't have a bunch of cash on her. And I mean, talking eight hundred dollars to us today, but twenty five or thirty back then. And he believes that her body was just thrown into the reservoir in Central Park. Um, he cited two clues which he could not publicly disclose that confirmed his suspicions. However, police dismissed his theory because they said days leading up to her disappearance, the temperatures in New York City dropped below 21 degrees and the reservoir had completely frozen solid. Whoa, okay. They also searched all of Central Park. They couldn't find anything. Even during the spring, they searched the reservoir when it thawed. Nothing. There was absolutely no trace of Dorothy Arnold in Central Park. Um, so her disappearance was heavily publicized. News of her disappearance, the reward, her picture, everything was shared throughout the United States. Canada, Mexico, everywhere. Yeah. Um, the publicity led to investigators receiving calls from people across the United States who have claimed to see her. These calls were investigated, but most of them are proved, not most, all of them are proved to be false. Um, her family also received two ransom notes from the alleged kidnappers who demanded upwards of $5,000 for her return, which is crazy amounts of money. Oh, yeah. Because again, 1000 equals 27000 So, so 5000 Yeah. About. So. Um, the kidnapping claims proved to be hoaxes. Um, in early February of 1911, Dorothy's mom received a postcard signed Dorothy bearing a New York City postmark, and on it it said, I am safe. Um, what? Yeah. But the handwriting, it did match Dorothy's, but it's believed that someone had copied Dorothy's handwriting um, from samples that were featured in newspapers and stuff. And, what the fuck? And they just sent her a postcard as a cruel joke. People are assholes. Damn, people are fucking assholes. Now, around the same time, a jeweler in San Francisco, he claimed a woman he recognized as Dorothy rolled up to his jewelry shop and tried to sell a diamond <clears throat> ring that had these engravings on it on January 7th. So all of these reports from all across the country were like, she's here, she's here, she's here, here's postcards, here's yeah, writing. Yeah, just not helping at all. Yeah. yeah. So shortly after this, um, the New York City decided to, they announced that they're actually going to stop investigating her disappearance because they believe she was dead. Mm -hmm. And uh, New York City Deputy Police Commissioner William J. Flynn stated, that now seems the only reasonable way of looking at the case. The girl's now been missing for 75 days and all the time not a single clue has been found that was worth yeah, the name. Yeah, it's New York. Like... Yeah. We have no evidence in the crime. Uh, we have no evidence that a crime has even been committed and the case is now one of a missing person and nothing more. Because they don't have truly any yeah. reason to, to speculate foul play there's no piece of evidence i mean other than she just went missing yeah but she's a 25 year old woman and i, I wrote here like jesus christ i feel like police in the olden days were fucking useless because this is like cases that i go over that are older than like the 80s <laughs> they're always like eh, after a while yeah, well whatever well, yeah i mean what can you do yeah, yeah there's the technology is not there nothing's really there and I wrote, I continued that note saying, you know, so first her family kept her disappearance a secret for a month and a half because of their reputation. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. Now the, the police. If I was that police guy, I'd be like, 
what? Yeah, because imagine if <laughs> they didn't. Are you kidding me? This could be a completely different case. Yeah. Like, who knows? Because maybe there were clues, but they're... I mean, they had PIs, which is pretty good. Yeah, but maybe they had PIs after weeks, though. Point. Oh, yeah. First they had oh, the lawyer. that's true. They had one dude. They had, like, a 27-year-old God. lawyer who was, like, friends with the family. Jesus Christ. He's like, I guess we'll go look at hospitals. So, anyways, just, I mean, this case could have been really different. So, you know, her family kept, a dis- kept her disappearance a secret. The police officers are now assuming she's dead. She, Dorothy Arnold, deserved more than what she got with her disappearance. Um, So numerous theories and rumors regarding her disappearance continued to arise throughout all of this time. Um, One theory was that she slipped on an icy sidewalk, struck her head, and was in a hospital with total amnesia. Dude, that's a cool theory. Right? They're like, she doesn't know who she is. She's in a hospital. (laughs) They're just like, all she does is buy a half-pound bag of chocolate every day for the rest of her life. That's it. She's in a hospital. She's like, I want chocolate. Awesome line. Drink more to that. Yeah. Um, this theory... Watch somebody listens to this podcast and then goes back, goes back and like figures out what happened to her because like somebody bought a half pound bag of chocolate like a week later. No, oh my god, her. right? We become famous. They're like they solved the cold <gasps> case, ah, the one hundred year old cold case, one hundred and nine year old cold case. I guess. Jesus. Uh, Toulouse, are you trying to climb on top of our fort? What are you yes. doing? Come all the way inside or He's out. Like, Duh. Oh fuck me, Boost, oh, You're too big to just like jump around. Pounds. Unfortunately, it was proved, it was disproved because oh. they checked like all hospitals matching her description for Dorothy, and they couldn't find anybody. Um, then other theories arose that she has been drugged and abducted. Um, this that theory was considered unlikely as Dorothy was last seen on a busy street in mid afternoon. Yeah. So the chances of her being kidnapped in such a busy street. But it's like only two. It's only three hours till sundown. Yeah, but I mean, it's still like the sun. Is, I mean, it's New York City. True, it's true, so true. busy. But I mean, and, and like, I don't know, it was 1910. Yeah. So like, I mean, I'm sure New York City had a ton of... Jesus, Jesus booze. <laughs> his fat ass. He's like, his, he literally just adjusted himself and his ass just like toppled oh. Chana's computer. Mike and, and computer, computer and alcohol all over at the same Jeez. time. George Ju- so Jr., again, going back to him, the guy that obviously should be looked at, uh, he theorized that she actually committed suicide because her career as a writer was failing. Shit. Um, I guess after her second short story was rejected, so, you know, that was a month before she disappeared. Yeah. And if she, like, burned him? Yeah, exactly. That's right. intense. No, it's like she felt so emotional that about she it. she needed to burn them. Yeah, and then she left, and she was like, no, mom, don't come and with me. And she's, like, 25, and everyone probably is like, why don't you get fucking married? Why don't you get fucking yeah. married? Why don't you get fucking married? And she married? was like, oh, my God, I don't want to get fucking married. And she's like, like no, I want to do this. And then the world tells her she failed at that twice. And you're a woman on top of that 1910. Damn. So it's like, so just like, that's enough to kill yourself anyway. Yeah, and so she'll just her last meal is fucking half pound of chocolate. <laughs> She, like, read the essays by the feminist woman that she's like, I wish I could Oh, my be God. This. She just, like, read something that supported her, but that made her laugh. <gasps> Maybe there's a, a clue. Bag of chocolate. Maybe there's a clue in the book she bought. Maybe we should go buy the book, because if we read it, what Our if there's fu- a clue there? Like, oh that's why God. she killed herself, because that's that's her note to the world, Shit. is that book she bought. Oh, my God. Oh, Everyone, shit. go buy that book. We just solved a 109-year-old <laughs> murder. <laughs> anyways. So, anyways. About a month before, you know, she disappeared, she got the rejection letter, she wrote Junior a letter expressing a disappointment over her failed writing career. She alluded to the suicide, saying, Really? Well, it has come back. McClure's has turned me down. Failure stares me in the face. All I can see ahead is a long road with no turning. Mother will always think an accident has happened. What? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Um, now, some of her family members and friends believe that maybe she did commit suicide, but yeah. they think maybe she killed herself because her relationship with Junior was faltering. 
So suicide was heavily speculated, either from her failure as a writer or from her relationship with Junior. With Pennsylvania engineer dude? Yeah. Okay. With Pennsylvania dude. Or Philadelphia dude. Philadelphia, sorry. He's like in Italy and comes back and is like, I'll Yeah, marry the 42-year-old engineer. Yeah, yeah, like he should totally be looked at. I think she did kill herself. It sounds to me that she was a pretty strong, independent and women woman, so I feel like she probably kill herself more because of the writing career i don't know why she mm-hmm. did it though who should i be to speculate why someone would yeah why yeah that's not our plan. um now one of the more widespread rumors was that dorothy had become pregnant so remember two months before she did that one hundred fifty thousand oh, dollar yeah. uh sex week with junior at some hotel <laughs> <$125, 000. laughs> and, uh, she was like my life can't get better than that week no right She's like, i don't know saying so some people speculate she actually got pregnant from that so that was two months before she disappeared and so at that time, when you got pregnant and you didn't want the baby or you weren't married, you would go to creepy basement abortion clinics. Yeah. <gasps> so they think Maybe that she, she went to an abortion and place she and she died during the botched procedure. No. And when they die, they are either secretly buried or cremated. Yeah. Now, this rumor gained some credibility when in April of 1916, so this is, you know, six years after she disappeared, five and a half years, an illegal abortion clinic operating in the basement in Pennsylvania was raided by police. The clinic was run by Dr. Cece Meredith, and she became notoriously known as the House of Mystery after numerous women from the area went missing after visiting the clinic. One of the doctors who worked at the clinic testified to the, di- to the district attorney that Dr. Meredith told him that Dorothy Arnold had died there after experiencing complications with an abortion, and they burned her body in the furnace. Yeah. Well, like, why isn't the case solved? So, while the New York... Just, it's too much hearsay? While the New York district attorney said he believed that Arnold had died at the clinic, Dorothy's dad said that he thought the story was ridiculous and absolutely untrue. Just because some rich dude says it? Yeah. I guess. Because his dad's like, my daughter would never do that. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Okay, so over five years after Dorothy's disappearance... In April 1916, a convicted felon named Edward Glenoris claimed that he was paid $250 to bury the body of a young woman in December of 1910. The plot thickens. So, Edward claimed that an acquaintance known as Little Louie, this is like such a fucking mobster Wait, in the summer of 1910? No, this is December of 1910. December, okay, yeah. This is right after, she disappeared December 11th. Yeah, okay, yeah. So he claimed that an acquaintance known as Little Louie, because this is now a mobster film, hired him to drive a woman from a home in New Rochelle, New York, to West Point, New York. At the home in New Rochelle, Edward said that he and Little Louie, which is, I still can't get over that name, um, they were met by two men. One of them went by Doc, and another Edward described as wealthy and well-dressed, and the description that he gave matched juniors. Exactly. Whoa. So the mystery man told him that this guy, that, that sorry, that this girl that he was going to go take care of and bury died during an operation. Oh. Abortion. Abortion. So Edward and little Louie then, then loaded the unconscious woman, the dead woman, I don't uh-huh. know why I wrote unconscious, she's dead, in a car, <laughs> drove her to a house in New Jersey. During the drive, little Louie noticed and realized that the woman was Dorothy Arnold. Because he, he recognized her by all the pictures and stuff. And also, she had a ring on her index finger of her left hand that matched a ring that she owned. And a half-pound bag of chocolate. And a half-pound motherfucking bag of chocolate. <laughs> and a book. A feminist book. And a feminist book. <laughs> but most importantly, uh, the, like, the wealthy guy was like, eating the chocolate. He's like, yeah, this bitch is dead. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, little Louie contacted Edward to go finish the job. He and little Louie drove the woman's body back to the home in New Rochelle, threw after body in a sheet and uh, buried it in a cellar. 
Um, so Edward, he told the story to a prison warden, and the prison warden was like, what the fuck? Bloody. So he reported it to the authorities. <laughs> However, <laughs> upon, <laughs> upon interviews with detectives, Edward acted confused and claimed to know nothing of it. Like, the warden's just He's lying. like, I'm not a snitch. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want to get killed by yeah. little Louie and Doc and wealthy man. Yeah. So police went ahead, though, with the investigation, and they excavated, excavated the cellars of several homes in the area that um, Edward described, but they were not able to find any human remains at all. Yeah. So years went by, years and years and years, and the Arnold family continued to receive letters from claiming to be Dorothy Arnold. These were always investigated, always proved to be false. Dorothy's dad spent approximately, now this is the number during this day and age, $250,000. Trying to find her to find his daughter $250,000 back then so today that's, oh back then yeah that's what like way over a million oh, yeah that's millions of dollars trying to find his daughter um, he continued to believe however that she was kidnapped and murdered on the day she disappeared but he always still tried to find her even just her body Aww. he died on April 6 1922 in his will he intentionally made no provisions for Dorothy stating that he was satisfied that she is not alive so he just came to the conclusion she's gone. Yeah, she's dead. Um, however, throughout all of this, Dorothy's mother remained hopeful that she was still alive. Um, she died on December 29th, 1928. Dorothy's siblings all believed that she committed suicide, whether mm-hmm. it was from the writing or the relationship with Junior. That's the mom. But the fact is, no one knows what happened. No one will ever know. Dorothy Arnold disappeared without a trace on a busy New York City street on December 12th, 1910. There were no, clo- no clues. No conclusion, no justice for there Dorothy were Arnold. There were two. What? A half-bound bag of chocolate. True. And a feminist book. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. This entire thing's rewritten. There were two clues, no conclusion, no justice. Yep. And that being all said. Anyways. How's your sex life, Corey? My sex life. Um, my sex life is not happening right now. I just watched a shit ton of movies. Uh yeah. Did you eat a half pound of chocolate while you I did it? I didn't eat a half pound. Is Simone it. behind it's your Simone. head? It's okay. Simone or I'm about to die. I was like, there is something. There's something moving. It's moving right behind, behind your sheet. head. <laughs> right in front of the demon mirror in our closet. Yeah, no, it's Simone. Simone jumped up. At, Simone, she's like, here. She's literally right here. Simone like walks right next to me right now. She's like, yeah. <laughs> you hear Jordan? Oh, hey, Simone. Yeah, we're like, ah. <laughs> like, yeah. So your um, sex life's not. You're watching movies though. That's fun. No, yeah, because I went and with my family, and then I just got back, and school started. So I'm just like, eh. Cool. Oh yes. We don't have to have sex all the time, do we? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Question mark. So yeah, just went to Corpus Christi for Christmas. Said that. Yes. Because this we if we haven't had a podcast since we went we to Christmas. We have not. This is our first time really talking in three weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. So we. Uh, me and my sister made a bomb ass Yule log. Yes, it was which amazing. Was awesome. It, was amazing. it had a like chocolate version of Harry Potter summoning his uh, Patronus on top. It was awesome. It was a black forest. It was amazing. Um, Yule log. It was really good. The sponge cake was super spongy. Our swirl was perfect. It was awesome. The ganache was great. It looked um, like it could be on like a food show. It was so good. Yeah, it was so good. And the pictures really like it looked better in real life than the pictures. Toulouse, so don't good. do what you're about to do. Yep. Okay. Yep, he's going to do it. Um, I also did write, I wrote, made bomb-ass Yule Log because British Baking Show, and then yes. underneath it, I wrote, I was wrong about Mary Berry. <gasps> <Yes>! <laughs> so it must have just been, like, the first three yes! episodes yes! of the of the first season that's on She's the best. Uh, whatever you call it, Netflix. Yes. Because, I don't know, I just did not like her those first three episodes. But now you love but her. But I love her. She's great. Mary Berry is the greatest Mary human Mary is awesome. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. I named my bong after her for yeah. tobacco use as well. Oh, she's a to- <laughs> for Not- tobacco use. For- <laughs> uh, yes, I love Mary Berry. She's awesome. Yeah, I like Mary. I Mary. just want her to like drink rum with us. I like her. Yeah, like, and then yeah. what's the guy's name? Paul Hollywood. Paul. I just like every time I watch that episode, I'm like, yeah, we can have sex. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I would let Paul Hollywood sit on my face. Yeah, every <laughs> yeah every time like I watch it, I'm more and more like, yeah, we can fuck. If he walks up to me, he's like, I'm into scatting. I'm like, that's fine. We make me bread after. <laughs> he's like, yeah, with. With scat in it. With scat sourdough. I'm, I'm like, like, fine. Sure. Scatterdough. Scatterdough? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was that's what happened. I played some video games and watched some movies. Nice. And then school started. Um, Anything exciting from those movies other than the Yeah, I have, like, a lot. I don't have a lot, but I sort of have a lot. Tell me about it, Okay, Daddy. we'll do it really quick. Okay. Eh. So, I saw On the Basis, basis of Sex. Yes, I already you said did. that today. Super good. The entire time, I didn't know, but it was a happy surprise. Army Hammer from Call Me By Your Name oh, yeah, yeah. and Social Network. He was the husband, and he is just a fucking GQ spread he's the entire a, fucking movie. He's so. He's so fucking hot. He's just perfect male for me. Is he straight or gay in real he's life? He's straight. Yeah, he's straight. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I'm pretty sure he's married. Really? Maybe. Hmm, he's straight, though. He's like know. totally straight. I'm you never sure. know. The he's straight people like, always bi. play gay people, and the gay people always play straight people. It's very interesting in Hollywood. No, no, he's 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 straight. I'm pretty sure he's straight. I don't even think he's bi. Let's just pretend. Who knows? Because for Call Me By Your Name is real. Yeah, right. And right. He's, he's just so beautiful. Like he's I don't beautiful. know why. He's just like a very 100% like hot American male. Speaking of Call Me By Your Name, did you see, you know, Timothy, whatever his last name yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Did you see what he wore to the Golden Globes? Is it the Golden Globes that just happened? Yeah, Golden Globes. Yeah. He wore this like he wore a harness to the Golden Globes, like a sparkly BDSM esque harness. Wait, are you sure that wasn't the the skater? Timothy from Call Me by Your Name. Oh, the the skater did that too. The other uh, Timothy Shemma my titties. Is he gay or straight in real life? I think he's I think he's straight too. What the I like to believe they're all gay. I know, Everyone's right? And gay. it sucks that like not one. I don't know. I think he's. There's so many gay actors. I think out there he's bi or pan or whatever. He's like a he's like a 20 year old actor. Yeah, he's, he I must think, be something. I think here. Sorry guys for the blub 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 blubs. But we have to Google what his sexuality is right now. This is important news. Speaking yeah. of important news, today <laughs> an egg on Instagram. <laughs> Has reached 20 million likes. It has beat Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner. Not Kylie Vagina. Kylie Vagina. <laughs> it has beat Kylie Vagina. Everyone Vaginas. tweet Kylie Jenner. Hashtag Kylie Vagina. Hashtag uh, <laughs> at your sex life. Yeah. Please. It has be- beaten Kylie's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not going to finish An it. An egg beat Kylie Jenner's <laughs> vagina today. That's all you need to know. Google it. <laughs> Google it now. He's 23. He's my age. Um, Am I twenty? I'm twenty. I don't know if he's gay or not. Who knows? Come there on. Should, that should be in the bios now. I bet he, he's. <laughs> We're millennials. He's we at least bisexual. Now. He's twenty three. Yeah. Right. Like twenty five. He's and below, bisexual. They're he's all so bisexual. at least bisexual. Yeah. Or That's he has science. like that. He has that like throwaway comment where he's like, "I don't know." Oh. And then looks at the camera. Right. Like James David Franco Blaine. in that he's show. He's like, "I don't know if I'm gay or not." Oh my god. <laughs> and he looks at you. That's like when James Franco was like. I'm not gay, but I wish I was gay. Everyone's like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) He's like, I wouldn't suck a dick, but I would. We're all like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) You want to say that again? He's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will. (laughs) We're like, you will what? (laughs) But yeah, oh my God. The movie's great. Go see it. It's about uh, Ruth Ginsburg, the female, or the one one of two? 
Yeah, or is it three? I think there's maybe three female uh, justices right now. I think there are three. I don't know. I should know nine. that. Yeah, I think I there's three. Um, she is the second of four to ever be a female justice. What's up, bitch? Yeah, so it was basically just like a small, it wasn't an entire biopic. Mm. Um, it sort of was a biopic, but it just like is her dealing with life and going to law school and then starting this, um, uh, bringing this gender discrimination case to the U.S. Court of Appeals. Mm. Yeah. What's up, bitch? Yeah. It was really cool. Army Hammer the entire fucking time. There's this one time near the end where they get out of a car to go to the Supreme Court case, and he's just like, I literally, I, I literally went, oh my god, like out loud <laughs> alone in the theater. I mean, I wasn't the only one there, but I literally was like, oh my god. You like a, like a giant boner? No, yeah. I literally said, I literally said that. I was like, oh my god. Cute. <laughs> it was hot. Um, <laughs> saw. Uh, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Oh, yes. You loved that. Everyone fucking go see that fucking movie. It I is refuse. one of the best. Why? It is I don't know. one of the best movies to come out last year. I know. I need- Davis and I want to go on a double date. So, if you're- Davis, tomorrow, text me. one of the best. Yeah. One of the fucking best. Um, I watched A Cure for Wellness online. It's awesome. Don't need to go into it. But then Bird Box, bitch. Bird Box Bird was so box. crazy. When I watched... Wait. We can't give spoilers. Po- yeah, no spoilers for this. Sarah Paulson did great, though. I didn't even know she was going to be in it. Oh, she's so beautiful in it. I love Sarah Paulson. I'm in love with Sarah Paulson, and I'm she's, you know, hardcore lesbo in real life. Oh, yeah? And she's I dating. She's married to that, like, woman that's, like, 40-something years older than her. Cute. I love her. She, I love I didn't even know she was me in the movie. I hate that in the entire Gen Z, they do not know who Sandra Bullock is, though. It's driving me insane. Wait, Gen Z doesn't know who she is? Yeah, because they're like, oh, the, what about that girl from Bird Box? Everyone's like, you mean Sandra you mean motherfucking Sandra Bullock? Sandra motherfucking Bullock? Yeah, no one in Gen Z know who she is. Blindside came out like six years ago. Sandra Bullock's been in like, she retired from acting before Bird Box yeah, and right? Ocean's 8. Like, she did so much, she had to retire. Yeah, who the fuck doesn't know? Isn't that crazy? Is, yeah, right? Bird Box was good. It was like a quiet place, but different, but it was. It was good. Yeah, I just, I don't think you can even equate the two. Because, like, Bird Box was a book before it was ever a movie. And that was way oh, really? before Quiet Place came out. And, I mean, like, I guess you can equate them. But, yeah, whatever. I, mean, I like similar I stories. think if I had to choose between one existing and the other one not, I would choose Bird Box to exist. But that's because of the Lovecraftian sort of tones to the monsters. Mm-hmm. I would choose But I think Quiet A Quiet place. place is a better movie. I think A Quiet Place is a better movie because The Quiet Place, I was way more into it no oh, i was more into i was more into bird box but that's because box, of the like crazy shit and the weird lovecraftian monsters and bird box was a bit darker because it involved suicide yeah i think it was i, I just really i like it a lot more than a quiet place i really do but i think yeah quiet but place john is a krasinski movie. is in the quiet place and it, yeah nobody but can top that beard in the i don't movie. know though the guy's body sandra bullock's love guy holy fucking shit he is I, I literally just like halfway through the movie, I turn and look at Chris and Chris turns and looks at me and he goes, yeah, he's hot. Like I didn't <laughs> even say it. And Chris was like, yeah, he's fucking hot. He's like, he's almost too, he's like Greek God hot. He was, though. he was fucking hot. He's like the most chiseled body when I've it, ever seen it, in my when life. It, oh, I won't. Spoiler. We can't do spoilers. We'll talk about it later. Okay, you see him with his fucking shirt off. Okay. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. Google it. Yeah, <laughs> like, Google it. Google God that fucking scene. Damn. Yeah. You know, like, if Sandra Bullock's probably like, holy shit. I, I should... <laughs> she, the, she, like, made them rewrite it. She's like, we're, we're fucking. Yeah. She sounds <laughs> like, we're fucking. <laughs> the Bird Box was so good. Go see it, everyone. Yeah, go see it. Any other movies you saw? Exciting movies? Um, I, I saw A Cure for Wellness. Oh, we yeah, watched yeah. it online. It's actually really fucking good. It has uh, Dane DeHaan. I don't know who that he is. is a low-key good actor. I probably know who he is based on his picture. No, I can't like 
come up with a movie that he's from that you'll immediately be like, yes. So we won't even do that. I'll IMDb him um, tomorrow. Yeah. And then uh, Jason Isaac's in it. Lucian or Lucius from Lucius Malfoy. The actor oh, who plays Lucius Malfoy. Oh, that guy. He's in it. He's fucking daddy. I was going to say, he's, he's potential like, to be hot. Fucking daddy in this entire thing mm-hmm. is hot. Because when I watched hot. Harry Potter for the very first time last year, I was like, potential dad alert. No. Potential daddy. No. And him in, like, regular hair, he's fucking daddy. And he, he does some stuff that's, like, a little rapey. But, like, Ooh. half the time, I was like, <laughs> I mean, no. Me. I was like, just let it be me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, throw me on a bed. <laughs> right? Like, tie me the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Someone's tied up. Spoilers. Ass. But I was like, tie me up. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't watch this movie. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. turn it! At the end, I'm like, oh. Chris like, is like, what the fuck? You look down, you're masturbating. You didn't even know. You right? just started masturbating. It's, it's really good. It also has Lovecraftian, Lovecraftian elements, and it's really cool. Uh, P.S. The cats keep on walking into the closet. I know, right? And I, they've never done that before. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Simone <laughs> did it, so Boost decided he'd do it. I'm very know. scared. We hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's what I saw. I saw a lot of fun movies. Um cool yeah that's pretty much what happened let's see my sex life has i, I was sick as fuck this week mm. like it was crazy like i thought i was going to be able to make it dungeons and dragons and it was probably the sickest i have been in almost a year like it was like crazy because i got like double whammy i like the flu and whatever the fuck coughing lung thing like a branch like an off branch of bronchitis <laughs> i got the whooping cough no i vaccinate you fuckers um so i got like a combo of like three different things and so i was like sick as fuck for like three or four days and now jordan just got it but in between there was like a solid day and a half where we both were feeling okay so we had like wild sex oh fun wild wild sex it was great. like do you feel good like yeah yeah it was fucking good sex other sex oh no other just casual things Oh my God! One thing did happen though. Yes. Jordan and I restarted Lost because oh he's on He hasn't watched Lost since it's come out since it came out in, in the t- in TV. Yeah, same for me. I oh I rewatched the first season. So we started the first episode. Oh I only need to call Jordan in here so you can so he can tell you what my reaction was. You're like, oh my God! I literally sobbed yeah. so hard every single time. I I could like cry. You're like about you're it. like it's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> it was like probably one of the hardest okay so you know like the last two seasons of lost we cry every episode mm-hmm. it was that hard mm-hmm. but in the first episode because every time i'd see someone i loved i would just bawl even yeah. if i saw someone i hated i would be like <laughs> and it got like, so intense oh that he came over and he like held me he's like are you okay are you should okay? we turn it off and i was like it's fine. You're like i don't know if i can handle it so you watch two episodes and we're about to rewatch the whole thing yeah and i'm getting fucked up emotionally already it's so good and we're gonna restart game of thrones because the new game of thrones is coming out on april 14th Chris started season two today are you gonna watch it with him i don't know you've just never been a fan yeah nothing can ever really surpass our nine hour eclair game of thrones day yeah uh that That was was, a perfect day of life that was the best day i've ever experienced (laughs) that That and then the other time where we all had done molly and it was pride and then the next day we watched like (gasps) the mummy the mummy returns back to the future the room the room indiana jones yeah yeah it was so good and monty python and monty python all literally y'all we watched like seven movies in a row it was amazing because it was the day after pride and all of us just like cuddled (laughs) Corey brought out his mattress in the rooms we all cuddled on the giant mattress of the couch in the couch yeah i watched monty python this week i was like super fucked up on nyquil so i was like "Eh -eh," the whole time (laughs) i just love the part when the two knights are fighting and they're like oh no sorry the knight in the uh, Black Knight? The Black Knight. And 
Arthur fighting, yeah. and he's like chopping off his lens, and he's fun. like, "Oh, What's you pussy, part? let's keep on going." I th- my favorite part is Tim. Is the oh my god, Tim! Because it's the perfect example <laughs> of what you would do if you had magic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just randomly showing off your magic. Right. All the time. I lo- yeah, that was that's been my they whole call week. Me- Tim. Tim. <laughs> but this next week, we want to watch Pulp Fiction. That's our to-do Yes, list. I really do. Corn and I are it's working been, a bunch. Since my birthday. It's been seven months. That's long enough. Oh, my God. Yeah. it's Well, I guess it's been six months since my birthday. Six months. Okay. Exactly six months. Damn. That's long enough. I want to watch it. I can watch Pulp Fiction almost every day. Same with 21 or 22 Jump Street. Going back to That's that. That's so funny. That's so funny. Okay. Well, Anyways, what do, we, do we need to review anything? I think we're pretty do good. Do we need to say anything? I guess my question to you guys yes. is, anyways, how's your sex life? Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>